And we're back here, Stripe Show Podcast. Hope everybody's having a great week. Heat is on here in Florida. Big, big storms the last couple of days. Six inches of rain in Ponte Vedra over the last two and a half days. Um, so we've been uh, dodging storms, teaching a little bit here and there. Hope everybody uh, is enjoying the summers. We move into the middle of August. The FedEx Cup playoffs are coming up. One more tournament before that. And of course, it is in Greensboro, North Carolina. The Wyndham Championship taking place after the PGA, which is unusual. It doesn't usually do that. But it is the tournament every year that takes place before the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, which will be in Norton, Massachusetts um, at TBC Boston. Really, really good, difficult golf course. I've played it a few times. But uh, I want to talk Wyndham Championship. I want to talk about the guys that are in the field. And one guy that's on property right now is one of the top teachers. And I'm going to say hottest teachers in the game right now, Justin uh, Parson. He's at uh, Sea Island Golf Performance Center there in Sea Island, Georgia. And he's coming to us right off property there. Sedgefield Country Club. Justin, thanks for joining us, my man. I know you're a busy, busy person. Travis, it's, it's good to be on. You know, one of the things about this era that we live in is that we don't have much, uh, many social engagements and things to do. So I'm okay this evening and I'm, and I'm glad to be chatting to you. Well, I know you're a busy man. You've got uh, your um, your lesson book. Well, it's always professional golfers um, seeking your advice right now. And we're going to we're going to get into a few of those names here uh, on the podcast, but I'm curious. You've been on property there, uh, Sedgefield. Great golf course there, Greensboro, North Carolina. We're going to see a lot of birdies this week. Um, guys are going to go low. Tell us, uh, tell us about the golf course. How's it look, and how you think it's going to play? Well, you know, it's funny. You know, a lot of the guys that I'm here with this week have kind of grown up. You know, on the on the East Coast, SEC. You know, whatever way you'd like to think about it. So they're kind of. You know, somewhat glad to be back on Bermuda, you know, and, and back in Ireland where I'm from, we don't get as much, you know, Bermuda grass play, if any. And, you know, the, it's, it is it is grainy around the greens. Plastic. The, the golf course is playing very well. I think it's in even better condition um, than it was in last year. I don't believe there's a great deal of changes. Talk to some of the caddies, some slight green number changes. The green books change just a little bit. I think that's more just subsidence and things like that. So, you know, it's a it's a really good test. I like it. It um, it doesn't force the hand with driver all the time. I think you know we've seen a a lot of a lot of different players win over the years there. From you know, I just had a look Arjun Atwal to obviously JT Poston and you know a lot of the the big name players do well as well. So you know, it's a, it, it gives you a nice blend of uh, of of potential players and guys who can do well. And you know, we I went out there and pretty much walked the back nine a couple of times. You know, over the last couple of days, we've dodged a few storms, um, particularly on Monday as well. And um, you know, it's uh, I think it's 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 going to be a good tournament. Different feel this year. Um, the, you know, the the you you can't quite lose your PGA Tour card. You can't quite lose your playing rights this year, as I understand it. Obviously, you know, everybody who's playing wants to try and progress to the playoffs. But you know, there's a slightly less pressurized atmosphere certainly than there was last year. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure the players are starting to get kind of used to it but i can imagine um your players are like man i wish the fans were out here you know i mean you just you just realize how important the fans are in sports i mean they to get people energized i know different players feed off in different ways some just kind of block it out but i can imagine the majority are missing the fans 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, all of these guys at the end of the day are performers. You know, they love to perform mm. and they they love to compete and they love to show off their their skills and their talents. And you know, some in you know some in different ways to others. But I don't think there's there's one um, player who's really thinking, oh, I'm you know, I'm 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 happy that the fans aren't aren't around. You know, it's it's definitely a different atmosphere. You know, from a coaching point of view, I think it's probably you know been one of those strange deals where the the players have enjoyed having the coaches around a little more because you know the there none of the managers are traveling the you know in many cases the spouses haven't traveled i know the uh you know the, the wives are allowed back on the on on property to watch now from you know i think from two weeks ago onwards you know which is which is cool for a lot of them but you know golf's a lonely endeavor and it's a it's a it's a long old week for the for the guys and you know i know they get very well paid for it and they you know they travel around the country in some style but um you know the, the the weeks pile up and it's a it's a pretty big grind and we're in a part of the season now which has been kind of squashed to get everything in so I just mm-hmm. hope I'm I'm hope I'm giving them the most help that I can. Yeah, you mentioned JT Poston. He he's the defending champ um, in 2019, and then Snedeker won it in 18. Uh, mm-hmm. Stenson, Henrik won it 2017. Siwoo Kim in 16. Davis Love has won this event three times, and then. You know, Patrick and Webb have won it. This is a Webb Simpson loves this golf course. Kepka's in the field. There's nine of the top 30 uh, in the field this week. And uh, of course, a lot of guys in the bubble trying to get into the top 125. You got four players in the field uh, Brian Harmon, Will Gordon, Patton Kazire, and Harris English. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, um, Justin. Take us. You got there on Monday around noon, I understand, and yep, and are, is, you're still there, and we'll be coming back tomorrow. Yeah, I'm curious when you have four players in the field. Take us through the last two and a half days, if you don't mind, and just kind of how you've divided your time amongst these four players. Well, I mean, I think you, you know one of the things that I think is important with the players is just to be completely transparent with your time and where you're going to be. So, you know, as I got towards Sedgefield, like you know, I gave Will a text. I haven't I haven't seen Will for a couple of weeks. We've been off. He was in Reno and he was at uh, you know up at three uh, AM as well. Um, so you know he was pretty much going to be a you know a priority of mine to see him. You know he told me that he was you know going to get done in the afternoon, um, and we agreed that we'd meet then on Tuesday morning. So I kind of you know felt that was good. I knew that Brian and Brian and Harry were going to be coming in later because they both played in San Francisco and obviously played the weekend. Um, so then I was really getting in touch with Patton, um, watched him hit some balls. We got out, we played one and a bit holes and then we got the 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 weather came in and and um you know that was the that was the monday over so really you know from then it was right i'm going to see will on monday morning or excuse me tuesday morning um harris came in and we just pretty much had a quick debrief on san francisco um uh conversation really about you know how the next three to four weeks needs to be themed um, a couple of little, you know, pieces that you know I felt were pertinent points from San Francisco, you know, and kind of knew that you know Harris is playing very well. He doesn't, you know, he does. He, he's not one of those guys. He needs to me me to be around all the time. He just likes little little pieces and and to know what direction he's moving in. Um, you know, and when when Brian came in a little earlier than we thought he was going to come into on Tuesday, you know, I made a point of spending some time with his, with him and his caddy who. Is Scott Tway and, and Scott's Bob Tway's brother, and uh, you know Scott and I have a have a good relationship, you know, which I try and maintain with all the caddies because they're a they're a very important kind of link into you know how the player is and how the players, 
you know, responding, executing, um, you know, what, what the, what the mood is, you know, where the, you know, what the ball striking is like, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, Scotty and I talked a little bit about, about San Francisco with regards to how Brian was doing. And we, you know, we really, we had a very, very open talk with Brian um, about, you know, some of the things that he can do a little bit better job of with his, you know, his mental game, really, the amount of uh, mental mistakes, you know, we, re- we reaffirmed what a mental mistake is and went through some of that stuff with him. And, um, you know, I, I got a, an opportunity then to see Will on, on Tuesday. And whenever I lay it out all like that, I'm, I'm surprised I'm still, still sane at this point in time. But um, <laughs> so as we, you know, we, we, got, we got through today, um, pretty much Wednesdays are Wednesdays are, you know, it was interesting in San Francisco. There were, there were some Gary Woodland, who's another player I, I've been starting to help a little bit played late on Wednesday. I'm quite used to most guys getting their work done early on a Wednesday and getting out of, uh, you know, getting away from the facility. So, you know, this morning I got there just around about seven o'clock um, and watched all the players on the range and then got out to see Harris play a couple of holes and Will and Patton, who were playing together, um, get done. And, you know, Brian's theme, I spent more time with Brian yesterday. His theme for the week is pretty much stable and uh, he knew what he was doing. So I kind of left him to it, sent him a text and was able to get out of there by about three o'clock whenever you and I started texting one another. Yeah. I want to talk to you about, um, you know, I, I don't know how you're saying either. I, you know, I, I was, I tell the story sometimes I saw John Graham at the players before they, they shut it down. And mm-hmm. I was there early on, I think it was a Wednesday maybe. And there he is standing there. We saw each other and I ran over and talked to him and I was like, so look, how bad is your day today? <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, well, you know, I got so-and-so from, you know, seven to nine, and then I'm going to play nine with so-and-so, and then I got to meet someone at three, and then, you know, chances are so-and-so wants to do something at six. And I was like, you guys put new meaning to working half days. I mean, you literally <laughs> work half a day. I mean, you know, 12-hour days is nothing for you guys out there, um, especially when you have – multiple players and you know those players expect your best right they want you to be polished and you know they don't really they don't really give a shit about the other no, players right? they, they, don't, they don't care about the other players no I mean, you know and, and um you know of course the sea island guys they, they do care about each other but when it comes down to yeah. you know they need to get the most out of you i think you know butch Harmon and, and claude have been you know mentors and friends of mine and you know one of the things that you know we try to instill on in our staff you know, in any of the facilities that that, that I've you know that I've helped um, run mm-hmm. is the, is the anticipation of what a player needs. I mean, I think that, and that goes that goes to your regular golf lesson as well. You've got to anticipate the needs of of the people that come to see you. You know, so somebody might need, you know, Butch always says somebody might need a, a tap on the back, and I know this is you know this is not relevant in COVID times, but somebody might need a pat on the back, and other people might need a kick in the backside, and. Yeah. You know, you've, you've got to be able to know, you know, through a, a combination of um, street smarts, golf smarts, experience, you know, how to how to know when to do that and how to, you know, how to get on board with what they need. And, you know, you can, you know, when you've done it for a while, you kind of you kind of realize it. And there are times when, you know, time overlaps from player to player. And that's when you need to get back on the phone and you need to make sure that they realize that, you know, this was something that you couldn't avoid, and uh, you know, you 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 get ready for another meeting because you know the, the the last thing you want them to ever feel, which they shouldn't, because I always, you know, I care about all the guys that I work for, is that they, uh, you know, they're not a big priority, and they all, 
you know, they all share a, you know, a priority with you. And, and from my side, because my stuff's very much sort of individual based, you know, everybody's so different. And, and that's where, you know, that's where I got to get a lot of the satisfaction doing what I do. Yeah. Let's start with, um, we talked about Harris English. I talk a lot about Harris. I, I featured him um, on the show that I do for DraftKings. It's called The Matchup. And mm-hmm. I really went through thoroughly about Harris English and the improvement and the progress that he's been making. Um, I think he's, you know, he's certainly in there for one of the more underrated players, I think, consistent players over the last two months. Uh, you look at him post-COVID. He came out, he missed the cut to Schwab, but then he goes 17th at the RBC, 13th at Memorial, 18th at the 3M Open, 19th um, at the PGA. Mm -hmm. Statistically, if I just said these statistics to someone and I took the name off of it, you would instantly think of a name like, boy, that kind of sounds like, you know, maybe a a Brooks Kepka or um, a Webb Simpson, you know, like here's these stats. Check this out. Strokes getting off the tee right now, going into this event, 36. Strokes getting approach, 36. Strokes getting around the green, he's 54th. Strokes getting putting, he's 14th. Strokes getting total, he's eighth. If I said to someone, that's that's Webb Simpson, they they would believe it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they would they would believe that that's the kind of player that you're describing. I know you've been with him for 18 months. Um, can you can you give us a little insight just on the direction when you met Harris? You've clearly had a nice impact on him, um, on what you kind of laid out for him, and maybe to one or two changes that have really made a difference for him. You know, I think you know Harris again. Going back to some of the things that Butch Butch Harmon has taught me, you know, Harris has got a great pedigree. The first thing you need to do is do your kind of due diligence. He was a standout player. As a junior, he was a standout player in college. He was a World Cup player, came out, won golf tournaments on tour. You know, you watch the reruns of, you know, tournaments he won in Memphis and, and um, I'm forgetting the other one. You know, and he's he's clearly somebody who's got a, you know, he's he's got a heck of a lot of talent. So, you know, then you start to see, you know, where do you think things went wrong? And certainly in his 20s, I think he, he gravitated towards, you know, asking for a lot of advice. And, you know, I... I really began by, you know, informing him that I didn't believe his fundamentals were very good. I think he'd been thinking about his golf swing too much. And I thought that he needed to start to recognize that as a golfer, he needs to trust his instincts. He needs to be the boss of his team. That's me, his caddy, his, you know, his, his even his, his wider circle of, of friends and family. You know, when it comes to his golf, he needs to start to take ownership, be the boss, and trust his instincts because he's, you know, instinctively he must be, you know, he's he's one of the players of his generation. And I think that I don't think anyone had ever kind of gone that route with him. It was more about, you know, this doesn't look right, so let's work on this part of his golf swing. So, you know, with, within that, you know, he his agent, Jeremy Elliott, who lives in the island, who's made, become a, you know, a very good friend of mine. You know, we looked at a lot of old tape. We looked at things that he did and his, his golf swing, you know, there's a uniqueness to harassing which is golf swing. He's very long limbed. He's got a very unique set of shoulders. The way his shoulders work in transition and stuff is very, is very different to some other players. Um, so, you know, I really honed in on his alignment not being very good and trying to give him one 
consistent basis, which was the way the golf club moved from, you know, when he starts to working it up through the, you know, the early part of his takeaway into, you know, what I would, you know, I would talk about a third of the way or halfway back, you know, where the club needs to be a couple of club heads lengths outside of his hands, you know, with plenty of loft on it. Cause he doesn't, he's not a player who then rotates his shoulders on. He kind of, he's very compressive and he's quite deep. And whenever he then changes direction, if he gets the takeaway part right, the club shaft can shallow as his hands pop out over the plane a little bit. And his, you know, he's got a real good, strong, torquey rotation, and he can hit that little tumble fade that he hits. And as he, he started getting more consistency and then started to get a little bit more belief, um, you know, and a couple of results came you know, then the real, then the thoroughbred kicks in. Then it's just about, you know, <laughs> let's let's let him, you know, let him continue to do the things. And that's where sometimes, as a you know, as a coach, you need to you need to tell them it's okay and get out of the way a little bit and let them start doing the things that they do. And that's where you know I, I haven't been walking a lot of holes with him on the golf course and things because he said to me, look, whenever I know things are okay, I can go out and figure out how to play golf. And you know, he's a he's a and a, and a really cool guy who's. You know, it's hard to believe he's only 30 years old, 31 years old now. Just yeah, turned. yeah, yeah. He won. Um, let's see, 2013, he won the St. Jude, and then he won in Mayakoba. Yes. So it's it's been a while, and he kind of, you know, he kind of went the wrong way there for a while. So it's been cool. Like I've always been a Harris English fan. Um, you know, the Georgia guys, I, I tend to follow. And to your point, he's uh, he's pretty dynamite on Bermuda grass putting. Yeah, too. Um, yeah. No, he's he's, uh, he's great, and he's you know he works with um, Ramon Basana. I know you you may know yes. Ramon with the perfect yep. putter and things. And uh, you know, Ramon's a great a great part of our team, and and Harry's putting really throughout the the, the period. You know, I'm, I'm really pleased to hear the the putting stats. I haven't looked at them for a, for two or three weeks, but I think he had a good week in San Francisco on the greens. Um, you know, he had a, he had a few couple of top fives early in the in the in the new season, as it were. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think of the sixteen events he's played, he's maybe had eleven top twenties, but I could be I could be wrong. But I mean, that's as you to, to your point, that's extremely consistent, high level golf. You know, because there's just yeah. so many good players, and you know, you get little draws, and you know, you you might get the wrong side of the draw here and there. But you know, for you to be notching up, you know, ten or twelve top twenties out of sixteen starts is is high level stuff. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. I think you're right. I'm counting them right now. I believe that's correct. Um, yeah, I mean, he was, uh, gosh, he was, he was at the Greenbrier, um, sixth at Sanderson, fourth at Houston, fifth at OHL, ninth at Arnie's, which that place played brutal API right before COVID. Um, he's putted beautifully the last two weeks. He gained five strokes, um, at the PGA. 
That was great. Um, so he made, he made a little on. adjustment. Ramon noticed that he, he was coming across the ball a little bit with his putting. And we, you know, we we'd sort of talked about it a touch, and you know, he's putting nicely. And then Ramon just encouraged him to kind of strengthen his right hand grip a little bit and drop his his right elbow a little touch. And I think that really helped um, because he's got he's got a great system and he's he's very systematic. He enjoys his his putting system. So, you know, I'm uh, you know I'm 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 hoping that you know he can maintain the the sort of themes that we've set aside. You know, I've, I, yeah. Harry, Harry loves. He's a great sports fan. Um, mm. He you know he kind of got away from knowing that he's an athlete. And you know, I talked to him as an athlete, and I you know one of the conversations we had before he started to really, you know, get things going again was that, you know, if you're a quarterback, you know, and this is your team, your job is to run every play the best you can. Mm -hmm. And if you're out there and you're trying to hit a shot when you're a little concerned about the consequences of the shot or you're worried about the points available or the money or whatever, that's, you're, you're not really running the play. You're, you're, you're not focused, focused on it. You know, I think he, he gravitates towards that type of language and that's why, as I've, you know, I recently moved to America, it's trying to get, you know, understand baseball, understand football. Um, yeah. I, I can't talk to these guys about cricket and rugby because they're just going <laughs> to look at me funny. That's funny. Well, well, let's hope that the SEC doesn't, um, you know, cancel football like the uh, Pac-12 and the Big Ten. But anyway, let's let's stay in the SEC for a minute. Will Gordon, who went to Vanderbilt. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I don't think most golf fans really know a whole lot about Will Gordon yet. I mean, um, you know, he was he was tied for third of the Travelers. Um, he's a long ball hitter. Like he's you know he's 19th on tour. He can get it out there 307. Yeah. Um, tell tell us you know what's Will Gordon like uh, as a player and as a person as he emerges onto the scene. Well, you know, it was a it was a, an interesting thing. One of um, Will's uh, agent came through, um, you know, our guys down at Sea Island and, and asked me, would I just take a little look at his short game? And, you know, I, I wouldn't, um, you know, I've, I've, I've learned a great deal from, again, from Butch Harmon and, and Pete Cowan in, in Europe. Um, so my short game stuff's pretty good, but it was just, an, you know, it's an interesting thing because, it's, you know, it's not something that, you know, normally is the first thing. And we had a look at him chipping some golf balls in, I'm going to say, October of last year. And, you know, the chipping action wasn't wasn't very good. It was it was all quite raw. He'd, uh, he'd obviously had a very successful college career and had an, an amazing amount of speed. Um, you know, we got into that a little bit. And then we, you know, he, he was turning the ball over. There was a lot of right to left. So it was almost like it, 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 there was still a raw, you know, junior golfer kind of edge to will that hadn't been kind of tidied up just yet so you know we actually we had a we had a little intervention where we had a 10 finger grip when he chipping and pitching because he has so much load in the golf club he gets so much lean um, mm-hmm. which is obviously is where he gets a lot of his length from that mm-hmm. you know the 10 finger grip helps him just on a, almost like a slightly weaker left hand grip as a right-hand golfer, it, you know, it helps him just to kind of work the club with the, you know, with the, the movement of his body and keep the shaft working on plane a little bit better. So, you know, that, that initially helped him. Um, we did a little bit of a similar kind of theme work on his takeaway just to try and get him a little bit more neutral um, with his ball flight. And then, he'd, you know, he came back, we did some more work, and then he had a nice... He had a nice run at, at the RSM, you know, in the winter of last year. And, you know, and this was quite cool. And he's starting to, you know, he's starting to rev up a little bit then. He's just starting to enjoy himself. And he went out. I saw him at Torrey Pines. He played pretty good there. I think he was in the first. Um, yeah. You know, and then obviously with, you know, the, this whole thing going on with COVID and stuff like that, you know, we, we kind of realized that 
Well, he's not going to go to Corn Ferry because he's not going to, you know, he, he therefore it would not be a no chance to play in the PGA tournament until he's 2020, 2022. Um, Canada was playing as done, really. At that point, it was done. So it, the decision was made to try and, you know, get into a couple more PGA Tour events and, and use your sponsors' exemptions up. Um, we went up to Hartford together and, you know, he looked really, really good that week, really calm. Um, and, you know, we saw him coming in there, hitting that beautiful little wedge, shot into the last two feet and finished finished third. So, you know, yep. he's not he's now at a point where um, I can't remember the terminology they use. He's now got a temporary membership to the PGA Tour and um, I believe in around about sort of 107th or 109th, he's got about 300 and seven or eight points um and you know I, I certainly think that he will have some sort of membership for next year which yes you know he's got 130 mile an hour club head speed he's smart <laughs> he he's very um he's he's a sponge you know he, he really wants to he wants to get the learning in quickly and and that's been you know that's worked for him and against him but they you know they have to learn he that he had a bad saturday in reno um we did, you know, just didn't play well. He 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 had that little challenge match up at 3M, where he played with Matthew Wolf and guys, and I think it's his comfort zone a wee bit. And uh, you know, we've talked about that a lot. But you know, he's he's accomplished an awful lot this year, albeit that the year is you know only going to be really a nine month year. But he's he he'll have accomplished an awful lot. You know, I, I would have high hopes. He's he's hitting the golf ball nicely. He's hungry to to do well again, and it's been good to see him up here in Greensboro. Yeah, yeah, he's a North Carolina kid. Went to Vandy, um, big guy, six three, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he's twenty four years of age. And you, you look at him; this will be his six, seven, this will be his ninth start, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, these guys are just you know learning the golf courses. I mean, things are moving fast, you know, for these yeah for these guys as they get out on the PGA tour. And, um, you mentioned the RSM, he was 10th. He was 21st at the farmers, third at the travelers. He's missed the last two cuts. How much do you think about that as for a young player, you know, when they maybe, you know, cause you, I mean, you're going to miss some cuts, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to, it's going to happen as you get out there, especially when you're, especially when you're young and, and learning these golf courses, when they, when they maybe put two or three together, as you've had, with players in the past, how do you address that? Is that something that you kind of wait for the player to, to facilitate, or do you kind of come in and say, Hey, this is just part of the deal. Let's, let's keep moving forward. Trust the process off we go. Or is that kind of like person by person, how you're going to handle that? Yeah, it's probably more person by person. It's, you know, he's gone, you know, he's gone up there to Hartford and had a great time. And uh, as soon as he messed up, you know, the, the second cut, you know, I said to him, did you see Justin Thomas at Hartford at the travelers? He goes, no, and I said, well, Justin Thomas worked his tail off at the Travelers. I watched him and Mike and uh, and Jimmy working Monday, 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock, Tuesday, same, Wednesday, same. He's on the putting green. He's back on the range. Missed the cut. I said, so if, if one of the best golfers, you know, at that point, one of the best golfers in the world can work his tail off all week and miss the cut. Yeah, anybody can miss a cut in the PJ Tour. They've, they've got to know that it's okay. You know, everybody's yeah. everybody's good and everybody's trying. Um, you know, and then they can start to look at it a little bit more objectively and say, okay, what could I have done better? You know, we're we're you know, I always we talk a lot about winning the week or winning the days. Your sometimes your your week is going to offer you a twentieth, and if you can then deliver that twentieth, it's almost like a personal win. 
I didn't have it that week. I didn't hit it very well or I didn't putt very well, but I got through it and I managed to, you know, I managed to shoot 67 on Saturday and, and limp home on Sunday and finish 21st. Well, that's a win sometimes. And I think if you can get them thinking, if you can get them thinking like that, you know, I think and it goes back to them thinking about their individuality and their responsibility to themselves to try and get the most out of every shot, then, you know, hopefully you can get the most out of them. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about a miscut and then what the next week can offer. And and that would be um, with Michael Thompson, right, who mm-hmm. you, you've also you also work with. Michael Thompson uh, missed the cut at the Workday Charity Open. And then the next week or no, I think it was he didn't play Memorial. Then he went no. to 3M. Yes. His, his next outing. He wins. Amazing. <laughs> right? So he, he wins the 3M Open just to show you what golf is. There's so much darn failure in this game, you know, Justin. And, you know, just learning how to handle that. And as a player, I mean, you know, there, there's just so much conversation around that. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Michael Thompson, have been for years. I know you work with him. Um, and he rolls into the 3M Open and just – and wins at 19 under par. And uh, that had to be for a teacher. How proud were you to see Michael Thompson um, in the winner's circle? You know, when you work with great players, again, it was, you know, Butch said to me when I, when I started working with tour players and he's, he's always, you know, I've always had his ear and he, he said, JP, your biggest responsibility when you're working with tour players is don't screw them up. The fact that they're, <laughs> they're the, the fact that they're in the, is that they're very good. So you've got to find a way just to make them a little bit better here and there. And, you know, with, with Michael, it was it was getting back to doing what he does best, which is getting a golf ball around a golf course. It really doesn't matter whether you're going into the green with a 7-iron or a 5-iron because you're very precise. As long as you get the ball on the green, you're one of the best putters on tour. It doesn't matter what your swing looks like. It doesn't matter what people think about your golf swing. Your golf swing has already proven to be successful. Your fields have already proven to be successful because you've already won on tour. You you know you were number one amateur in the world. You were a standout college player. Let's get back to doing the things you can do. And that's been you know that was the theme with Michael from the start. And he he embraced that. In fairness to him, you know we 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 still can get distracted by you know, playoffs and, and opportunities and all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he is at his very, very best when it's just Michael Thompson against the golf course. And, mm. you know, that was the big, big theme in, in going forward. You know, he talked about it in his, in his uh, press conference, just getting back to playing Michael Thompson golf. Um, and, and Michael Thompson golf is, you know, it's not particularly showy. It's not, look at me, I'm going to, hit this three iron off a down slope from 240 to, you know, Michael Thompson golf is I'm going to smartly get my way around the golf course and play to my strengths. And I thought he did that admirably. And, you know, up at 3M, I thought he was, I I worked with Charles Schwartzel for a year or two and Charles texted me and he just, he said how classy he was in his play, how classy he was in his, in his winning of the tournament. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a, it was a big thrill for me to, you know, to move to these shores and, see somebody that i'm that i'm helping you know get across the line you got you got a lot of sec guys you know that right justin i mean you know of course michael went to alabama and yes and i'm just gonna throw this out at you you know michael won the honda course in 2013 and then he mm-hmm. wins the 3m open in 2020 mm-hmm. seven years later the last win for harris english was in 2013 so i'm just saying like you kind of got a little trend going here these guys harris english could be uh the way he's playing and what I'm seeing 
and the eye tests and, and certainly statistically, um, he could be in, he could be finding himself in a situation to win. What was cool about Michael for me was, you know, I mean, you know, you're out there like these guys have to be good situationally down the stretch. Right. I mean, uh-huh. you look at the struggles Tony Finau has had late in tournaments to put events away that I've talked about. And then Michael Thompson steps into the arena situationally and hits some incredible shots down the stretch. I think the par four out of the bunker was 16. I yeah, it was 16. That was shot, I mean, shot, of the, shot of the year for me that so far, I, I think. I mean, that was, that was unbelievable, that shot. So, you know, you got it. You got to hit some shots right down the stretch and put them away. And I thought that was what was really cool for me was to see him, someone who, you know, look, kind of got back in the heat of the moment there, had to hit some shots down the stretch. And he did. He put it away. I mean, he 64, 66, 68, 67. That's um, that's going to get it. It's golf, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> that's going to get it done um, at most places. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see Michael Thompson, Brendan Todd, Guys that are not overpowering golf course have success. I mean, Morikawa, is, um, I mean Morikawa. I love. I mean, Morikawa. I love that Morikawa won because I think that, you know, I, for me and I, you know, it's, uh, this is only a personal opinion. I think there's something fantastic about great iron players who can fit a shot to a flag and judge the wind and judge the slope and the firmness of the greens and all of the things that go into it. I think there's something incredibly skillful and athletic and um, rewarding to watch and even to listen to um, what, uh, what, Mor- what Morikawa is really good at is, uh, you know, is the way I enjoy golf. Sorry, my kids just interrupted the podcast there. So for the matter, <laughs> that's a good moment. Yeah, my my uh, my listeners understand. So that's all right. <laughs> I've got two yeah. as well, so I know my, the, that I know the feeling. Five and four year old. Right, I've got an eight and a five. So yeah, well, I'm not. I'm wee bit in front of you. Um, let's talk about two more players here. Um, I don't know how you keep track of all these guys, but uh, I know you spent some time with Louis Ustazen. And then also uh, Gary Woodland, who we will see both of them, right? At TPC yep. Boston, they'll be, they'll be in the field. Mm-hmm. And um, for TPC Boston, Northern Trust, terrific golf course. Uh, give us a little insight to Gary. You know, Gary is, I mean, first off, he's lost 20 pounds. I mean, he mm-hmm. pretty much gave it to Bryson. And he looks very thin. Uh what's your what's your take with with Gary kind of maybe a little up and down right we've seen some him him show up and then go away you know wh- where's he at do you feel going into the playoffs yeah I mean we just you know I, I was um I was approached I, it was just the it was the back end of work day uh Gary was um struggling a little bit with his with his golf he'd kind of gone out to Vegas and spent a bit of time with Butch Butch ain't traveling anymore he's he's playing some golf and enjoying himself and drinking some of his nice red wine out there and he's chilling <laughs> out um Pete Cowan who's been a you know a great mentor to me as well Pete and Butch were both asked you know if if, if there's somebody around who they would trust to to keep an eye on Gary's golf swing who would it be and they both said me which is very flattering and so we really worked and I got to know what he was doing again got a little bit of kind of setup work done I felt you know his Gary's got a great amount of speed and power and he's mm-hmm. a superb athlete but he was getting a lot of 
you know, a real lot of down cock in his, in his golf swing, which he does from time to time. And it, we kind of separating his arms away from his body. And so we started, you know, the process of that, you know, he played okay at Memorial. He, he, there were spurts there in San Francisco. He looked very good. But you know that that uh, that relationship really is just in its infancy. I'm, I'm getting to know. I had a an hour on the phone with this trainer down in Miami yesterday, who mm-hmm. also trains uh, LeBron James, I believe, and and is oh, wow. is, is a fantastic um, you know technical um, athletic trainer. Um, so I, you know I'm I'm trying to you know glean anything I can just to to kind of help to help Gary along getting getting used to. You know his caddy Brennan Little, who who's a a good player in his own right, and you know so that's more of a, a building thing. Gary and I are going to have a conversation tomorrow. I'm on my way back up and um, see see where we take things. But you know he's a he's a very athletic player. He doesn't want to know everything about golf and golf swings and things like that. He wants to actually just play the game. Yeah. Um, and you know therefore you have to respect that and be able to get your work that you want done without overwhelming him or making him think too much because if you know guys like that they start thinking about it too much and there are a lot of different little swing thoughts and voices in their head they don't perform very well and and uh, you know that's uh, you know again i think you're going back to some of butch Harmon's stuff that's where he was a master of things because he would take those those real you know those those athletic you know through the years and keep it simple for them so that they can go out you know claude said a great thing a couple of you know a couple of months ago on a podcast he said the game of golf is so complicated that the swing mustn't overcomplicate the game and i thought that was a really really good way yeah. of kind of articulating you know the way that our instruction business needs to be you know if you're if you're out there thinking about two or three four positions or things in your golf swing well how are you going to be able to read your lie and see where the wind's going from you know and, and be able to figure out you know how you're going to respond to a couple of bad holes and, and stay in your process and all the things that we know that they need to do so you know that's uh, that's certainly where we need to go with gary yeah it's overdone right you know the golf swing and like you know the you're painting the picture to the amateur player that they need to be you know strapped up into 24 sensors to get better is is a little absurd you know it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> there's, yes it's it's there's um sure i mean the information is great but you know at the end of the day like it is a game like you said and you have to play and, and at that level man those guys man they got to be instinctive and, and and playing and you know it can be tricky there's no perfect um there's no perfect manual for it but what's interesting with you justin is you've had such great um tutelage with butch and and pete you know that you know i think you're gosh you're poised to really just have such a you know with your own with your own take right and your own beliefs and 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 the thing that yeah. you implement but you've learned from two darn good guys man that um have had a ton a ton of success out there yeah and it's been and that's you know and going back to you know what you said about information when you look at I get, you know, when you look at, you know, great medical professionals or, or for that matter, fitness professionals, people like that, the information doesn't always have to be regurgitated at every step, if you know what I mean. That's, you know, that's where I, you know, I see us falling down a little bit. It's like, just because you know a lot of stuff, you don't have to tell everybody. Yeah. You can, you can tell the people what they need to know in order for them to get better at the game. Um, mm-hmm. When, you know, you and I can have a conversation about, about 3D and about, you know, all sorts of different things. But, you know, the average person or professional player don't necessarily need to know everything. And if they do yes. know, you know, once they know an awful lot of stuff, then, then they, they can never unknow it and it can become detrimental to them. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, geez, it's uh, it's going to be um, – it's going to be – 
it's just it's interesting to just to see how our <clears throat> depart how our industry has evolved for sure um and will continue you know with technology and all of these uh gadgets and different things that you can use to to learn uh, about your student and being able to filter through all that and and just but still present it in a way to your audience whether it's a tour player or whether it's a 20 handicap um that's going to be beneficial you know to them i think about that a lot and hopefully we continue to position it uh, the right way but hey i i really appreciate um your time and um, i know you're a busy man working on this and i'm i'm a fan of your work and i'm i'm really you know pulling for you and your players and in particularly harris this week just because if you watch the matchup show you know <laughs> you know that uh i've been uh pulling harris english along here like hey guys you got to pay attention to this guy because he's uh He's really coming. I'm I'm sensing a win here again, uh, number three on the PGA Tour to to match uh, uh, what Michael Thompson did there back in the 3M Open. But uh, well, what, well, what you said, what you said, it. what you said about the 2013 to 2020 thing has, you know, certainly if uh, you know, next time I can be speaking to you, we can kind of keep that little, you know, keep that run alive. I would be <laughs> nothing would, would give me more pleasure because you know yeah. Harris is, you know, a fabulous player. You know, he's a he's a he's just a great sportsman and, and he's a good lad to to boot. So yeah, that'd be cool to see him win one. And he's a Georgia Bulldog. And let me tell you something, I'm surrounded by him here. <laughs> there you go. Right. I mean, he's from Valdosta originally, I I believe. That's right. And my wife went to Valdosta State. So it's like I have no choice. Okay. I mean, I have no choice in theirs, but I generally obviously like Harris English. He's a, he's a great dude and sportsman and um, we'll be pulling for him. We'll be watching him this week as we watching uh, Louie and Gary as well. Best of luck with them. And I can't thank you enough for your time, Justin. Thank you so much, Travis. That was fun. As the eight game regular season is coming to an end, teams are still jockeying for the final few playoff spots. And while the players are bringing the action on the course, DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports is bringing the action to you with huge daily fantasy contests every day. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players, so they know a thing or two about a big payday. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play. Just pick a player, stand in the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a share of millions of dollars. In addition to this week's basketball action, there is a huge MMA contest this weekend with some of the sport's biggest names stepping into the spotlight. To celebrate this huge event, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code Travis to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes for this week's daily fantasy contest. That's promo code Travis to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.